I want to welcome you to Young Adults Today podcast, where we talk about reaching young adults in our world today. I'm going to toss it over to our hosts, Micah and Josiah Keneally. Hey guys, it's Josiah, and before we get to today's episode, I just want to invite you to an incredible event happening March 3rd and 4th, 2023. Let's start our year off strong. Our theme is Equip the Saints. This is the Young Adults Today conference designed for college pastors, young adult ministry leaders, their key volunteers and teams. It'll happen in Minneapolis, Minnesota, and We would love to invite you. You'll hear from Micah and I, as well as a host of other leaders and authors and pastors. There'll be breakout sessions, times of worship, and our goal is that you, as a person who's pouring out, would have the opportunity to be poured into and blessed and resourced and encouraged with rallying points, relationships that can last a lifetime and put useful resources into your hands. You can find out more details at www.youngadults.today conference. What's up, guys? Hope you're feeling alive right now. I'm Mike Keneally. And I'm Josiah Keneally. We're your hosts of the Young Adults today podcast thanks for subscribing rating um also sharing this message with others it'll help us reach more leaders with the message of young adults today we're joined if i'm right by a fellow vikings fan can i get a skull from arden (laughs) bevere what's up man oh come on five and one feeling good and going into the bye week everything going on i mean it's it's far and few between finding vikings fans so this i I wish i would have known this before this feels good right here (laughs) Well, we do live in Minneapolis, so they're right here in our backyard. So that's always a good, fun thing. So (laughs) I think I found that out on Instagram that you're cheering for the Vikings. And I was like, there we go. This is going to be a great conversation. And so the thing that people are saying in Minneapolis, and I'd love to hear your thoughts. It's not a sports podcast, but we'll pause for this moment for a second, because what people are saying in Minnesota is winning ugly is still winning. And (laughs) Ugly wins are better than ugly losses. A win is a win. It was a win. It's, I'm like, I still don't know how confident I am in this team, but after the last few years, I'm like, you know what? I'm going to take the wins and we'll see where we're at the end of the year. But I'm just happy that Green Bay is losing and that we're winning the division right now. And that's that that I'm going to enjoy. I feel like you know, so much of being a Vikings fan is just so stressful and you are, are the ups and downs. And I'm like, I just need to be up and enjoy it for as long as I possibly can, regardless of what happens. Well, in addition to being a Vikings fan, Arden Bevere is a part of the amazing team with, he's the co-founder of Sons and Daughters TV, which is a young adult ministry that positions this generation to lead their world into the adventure, freedom, and purpose found in our creator. He's also the author of a brand new resource called I Am Transformed. We're going to talk more about it in just a second, but Arden, first of all, how in the world did you become a Vikings fan? Yeah. So my dad was actually raised in Michigan and he raised us boys to like all Michigan's teams. And so honestly, it did not take for a lot of us boys. Um, but I am a I am a Michigan fan. So for Tigers, Red Wings, um, I, I there is a there's a part of me that still likes the Lions. I'm just gonna be honest with you. But when I was a kid, I was like back in, I think it was back in 2007, I was kind of looking at the teams and I was like, dad, I want to pick one team that is my favorite team. And I picked the Vikings because back then I was like, I love the their uniforms. I think it looks amazing. And I'm like, this will be my one team. And it was a big moment for me. 
And I'm like, why did I not pick like the New England Patriots or some other team that has a winning dynasty? And uh, so I have been, you know, loyal to the Vikings since. Um, I always tell my dad, I said, look, when the Vikings and Lions play, it, it's it's a heartbreaking moment for me because I know there's tension there and all those things. But I said, I'm always rooting for the Vikings the first game of the season. Second game of the season, it's whoever has the better playoff chance, which is always, it's basically always love the Vikings because the Lions never have a playoff chance. Well, that just shows your loyalty, your faithfulness to the gold or to the yellow and purple. So, <laughs> oh my gosh, I absolutely love it. And for the listener who doesn't know who you are, Arden, do you just want to kick it off with just sharing some of your journey of life, your story at large, and how you got to where you are today? Yeah, of course. I will. I mean, for those who don't know, I, I've been raised in a ministry family. Um, my parents are both uh, world renowned authors and speakers. And so I'm the youngest of four boys. And so I was actually the, the one son that kind of went a little bit rogue um, throughout high school. I completely walked away from the faith um, within my family and, and kind of just went on my own journey of discovery, uh, of really recognizing who God was in my life. And I remember I got so radically impacted. Um, I was actually at a, a meeting with my dad in San Diego and we were at a small church and I would always try to, when he bring me on those trips, sit at the book table because it was out in the lobby. I didn't have to be in service. I could kind of just be like on my phone, anything else. And at that small church, they had it where the book table was in the back of the auditorium. And I was sitting there in the back of the auditorium and I remember just uh, listening to my dad speak and I just wasn't, it wasn't so much what he was sharing on, but it was the light that was coming that mm -hmm. just undeniably hit me. And I remember the fear of God entered in my life that moment. And I, I grew up in a beautiful family that loved me so much. And I had experienced the love of God before that, but I needed to experience the fear of God. And I just remember so clearly hearing a voice just saying, what are you doing? And, and I, I, I instantly did a 180 with my life. I knew everything that I was doing wrong. And, and it was amazing because God positioned me to impact so many of those relationships and friends that uh, like parties, all that stuff that I had developed over those years of being away from him. Um, and so I, I watched how God beautifully worked that in my life. I went and actually did a, 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 a internship at a school or a, at a Bible college um, in Virginia Beach, and I turned down golf scholarships, tons of things, um, and then went over and did uh, Bible college, and then came back and just started working for the ministry full time. Um, and then back in 2017 was when I kind of brought the idea of what sons and daughters could be uh, to the family, and I said, "Hey, this is this is something I'm seeing amiss in our generation." Mm -hmm. And honestly, I, I feel like my parents have such life messages that they have instilled into us boys. And that we wanted to be able to communicate through a younger voice uh, these life messages so that this generation could grab some of these harder truths. And so we got together and, and dreamt around what sons and daughters could be and came up with this back in 2007, which has been an amazing journey. Um, and since then, I've written now three books uh, and been able to go along with that process, which I, I'll just be honest with you. I know I come from a, a family that writes books. Writing a book was the very last thing I ever wanted to do. And I told my parents, like, even when I got saved, I said, hey, look, I love what you guys are doing, but I will never do that. And, and reading and writing was so much of my struggle. Um, but God gave me a, an idea for a book called Redefined back in it, back in about 2016. Um, and I've just watched this, just taking one step with him as he's continued to just take me on that journey of 
hey, here's not the grand big plan that you guys have to figure out. That's so many people, so many young adults, young um, young teenagers, they 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 focus in on and they get so overwhelmed of I've got to get it figured out rather than just taking the steps with God that He has for you. And so that is kind of where I'm at right now. We released the our third book, Sons and Daughters. So this is our collective book. Um, a lot of us worked on this together, um, and this is the the 40 day devotional that we just want to see people practically step one step closer to God every single day with their life. Love it. Yeah, we love it. Yes and amen. And I just think of what you're doing as a family and just as the brothers and now your wives that have come together in sons and daughters. Like I just see what you see actually is there is a need and a missing generation in the church and it's our generation and the next generation. Mm -hmm. And as now new generations are being born in your family, in our family, and just in our world, like it's our opportunity to pick up the mantle. Mm -hmm. And there are leaders who've gone before us that are willing to pass the baton, but it's like, it is that moment of who's willing to pick up the mantle of leadership and spiritual authority and to mm -hmm. help the next generation see the goodness of God in the land of the living. And so the listener is really passionate about you know, making a difference in the world and specifically in the faith of the next generation. And I'd love to know like some of your thoughts obviously stem from your life experience and your own faith journey. doesn't matter what family we're born into. Maybe it's a legacy family like yours. Maybe it's a family where somebody listening is a first generation Christ follower. Like mm -hmm. I, I have talked to college students who wrestle on both sides. Like if they come from a legacy family, they're like, their question is like, man, how can I ever live up to this? And then on the other side of maybe like somebody who's a first generation Christ follower, they're like, I have no models. I have no mentor. I don't know what this looks like long-term big picture. And so I think just wherever the listener is at, I'd love for them to hear your thoughts and your voice on why you believe in the faith of the next generation and why you believe young adult ministry, the work that they're putting their hands to is so vital, so important. Yeah. So this might be controversial, but I'll say, I think the reason why we see so many young adult people fall away from faith is because they are raised up in their household. Uh, a lot of them, you know, let's just say majority or not majority, but a lot of them in Christian households. And what they have done is that they coast off of their parents' faith yeah. and they get out from underneath their parents' roof and they are completely separated from their faith because it was never their faith in the beginning. And so regardless of what your lineage is, who, what your family looks like, if you're first generation, if you have a long legacy, if you don't develop your relationship with God as the understanding of your faith, then it's not, it's not going to work out anyway. And, and when you do do that, God reveals what he wants for you. He shows you how it's supposed to be done. He shows you what the, the path that you're supposed to take. You know, I watched as when I had my parents' faith and when I met hardship and troubles and, and trials when I was in high school, it, it, it was not anything to be able to stand on. Like I, I instantly went to the partying. I instantly went to all the things that I should not have been doing because it was not my faith. But when I came back, I developed my faith, what came from just getting time in the word. And God showed me a picture that was outside of, hey, what my family had built or outside of what my family was doing. And he beautifully showed me a legacy that I would create. And yes, that intertwined with what my family was doing. 
But I think that's the crucial part mm-hmm. is I'm seeing so much from this generation is we get out from that covering and then we don't know how to fully grasp hold of our relationship with God. But then also is that we develop our relationship with God so much on communicated knowledge. And I think this is a massive thing right now is communicated knowledge is completely different from revealed knowledge. If you look in the garden of Adam and Eve, what happened is Adam had revealed knowledge from God. God spoke to Adam and said, do not touch that tree. And Adam communicates to Eve, don't trust to touch that tree. But then what do you see? You see that Eve only was operating under communicated knowledge because when the serpent comes to her, she said, we cannot eat or touch. Like, there, God never said anything about touching that tree, but you can see it's like the whole game of telephone that happens where yeah. it just continues to keep going down the line. And so she's not working with revealed knowledge. And that's why the enemy goes for her. It's not because she's a woman or anything like that, that people try to tell you. It was because she had communicated knowledge. And if we build our relationship with God off of communicated knowledge, and I'm telling you that comes from, from uh, like just, hey, I, I don't get in the word. I, I, I just hear all of what I know about God from, from podcasts or, or the, my favorite Instagram pastors or whatever it is. It's like that is communicated knowledge and that will leave you susceptible um, to the attacks of the enemy. And so I want to see this generation get more revealed knowledge. I want to see them get into the word and understand who God says they are um, and what that reveals uh, through them and reveals to them about their creator, because that's going to be what holds our, this generation um, strong to the faith and, and not with so many of the, the crazy, crazy ideas that are out there right now. Wow. I love that. I love that. I've never heard it put like exactly how you said that the communicated knowledge aspect while you're talking, obviously it makes complete sense, but I would say that we've definitely come across what you just explained or it's somebody's testimony. Well, my friend went through X, Y, and Z, and they make that a part of their story when they never actually lived that. So even the vantage point of life and how we're living with the Lord or without the Lord is just very significant when we are coming alongside young women and young men, and they're trying to get the world perspective, the global perspective, the U.S. perspective, um, our family's dynamics. We're trying to understand, is God real? Can I go to him with this? Can I ask him questions? Who is there somebody bigger than me? If there is, what does that mean? And we know that there's so many layered questions because we are complex human beings. We are nothing but an onion, and God just keeps peeling back the layers of like, getting back to the root of who we are and why we desire love, why we are desiring um, community, why we desire truth. And those are the things that we're coming up against when it comes to reaching young adults, taking them to the heart of Christ through community, through church, through the word of God, and to have those questions revealed so they can understand that they can tap into knowledge and wisdom and the discernment of the spirit not just what people are telling them at surface level. Like it takes deep intimacy with the Lord in prayer and through the word and how it speaks to us. And that's why it's living, right? It's not this, this dead document that we're reading. It's alive and it is forever speaking. It's just a matter of if we're willing to listen. And Arden, I'd be curious to see and hear like more about how have you guys developed sons and daughters or where did that come from out of, out of your story? Um, I know you referred to pain and suffering. I'm just curious, like when you saw me a need, you're now meeting a need. And what did that look like of just uncovering that the last, well, 15 years since God's kind of been birthing that in you and in the family tree, more or less. Yeah. I, I mean, honestly, my heart broke for this generation. Um, 
I, so back in, so actually when I, when we came up with, or when I, sorry, it is like we've written books together and then we've written solo books, but my first book as a, a solo book redefined um, actually was birthed out of this place where I was in a, our, our conference room in Colorado and I, I posted the question. I said, Hey, if you could describe the young adult generation in one word, what would it be? And I remember about 90% of the responses that I got were all negative. There's things like lost, broken, disillusioned, entitled, discouraged, offended. Um, and I, I watched as all of these things flooded in. I think I had about a thousand comments within an hour. And, and I watched as these comments flooded in. And as they were flooding in, I watched as God began to download scripture to me and started speaking scripture to me that was contrary to the negative labels that we're putting on this generation. And, and the thing yeah. is, is that, you know, Romans talks about it and it says the entire cosmos, the entire universe universe is standing on tiptoe waiting for the unveiling of God's glorious sons and daughters and that realization that there is uh, sons and daughters of God that the world is waiting to see like the world needs to see this generation take hold of their identity and their inheritance in God and what that actually means that they walk in the authority that's been given to them Jesus so beautifully walked in the authority of the son of God and he walked in the authority of the son of man and you can see that played out within scripture of the different authorities that he had. And when we come into that union of understanding, we walk as sons and daughters of God, and we walk in the authority of that here on earth, we reveal facets of God that this world has been yearning to see. I mean, that's why you do see so many people searching for God in so many different ways, because they are waiting to see the revealed true Jehovah Jireh that they have been wanting to see. And we as sons and daughters get to reveal those facets. And so that's what we wanted to see from this generation. We saw as, as things just started getting crazier and crazier. I was actually, I remember we did our first course um, in 2016 and it was uh, a course called Undercover. And it was coming off of my dad's re-release of the book, Undercover. And what Undercover was about was what does the word of God say about authority? And what does it mean about positions of authority? And we thought like, hey, that's going to be a hard message heard from maybe a 60 year old that is just saying, hey, this is what you got to do and I said but what if we come together we have conversations and we break down what that actually looks like as we're coming up into an election season and the thing is is that those things of the word of God what it says about authority it doesn't change through elections it doesn't change through any different times it's eternal yeah. and so that's what we wanted to do was we didn't want to change scripture we didn't want to say hey look this is what the millennial standard version says about this. It was no, we just wanted to show like, hey, this is how it's affecting us in this time. This is how maybe it's going to be communicated in this time. But this is what the word of God says. And that's never going to change. And so this is our response as a generation. So that's really been our heart behind all this. We want to see a generation get back to the things of God, get back to, uh, you know, understanding what his words uh, uh, bring to our life the value that it brings to our life and and what we get to do of, of communion I keep looking down because I'm like I've got the word right here and, and just looking at it because it, it truly is so beautiful and I, I wish more people in this generation would would understand um, the value it brings to to their life I mean Jesus when he was in the wilderness when he gets attacked he gets tempted by the enemy the enemy 
instantly attacks his identity. He says, if you're truly the son of God, before he tempts him, he questions who he is because he wants him to try to put on some display of, no, I am a son of God. I am, I am, I know this. And, and I love Jesus's responses, not because, you know, hey, my, my mom said I was a son of God. She had a dream and all, all these things and people came, an angel came and all this stuff. It was no, it was, what did he respond? He responded with the word of God. That was it. He responded with the word of God because it is that two-edged sword that is supposed to cut down the allies and the attacks of the enemy. It's amazing. <laughs> I'm, I'm just reminded of the power of God's word. And, uh, you know, really, that's one of the things in, in this cultural moment that we're seeing across America, but across the globe is that younger generations have more access to the Bible and to God's word than has ever been, you know, it's, it's digital, it's online, it's on our phone, it's in print. And, and yet there's lower, um, understanding and just comprehension or retention or things like literacy of the word of God. And Mm -hmm. I just think that that's so crucial and important. And when you talk about Jesus going in the wilderness to be tempted by Satan, I think I've misunderstood that at times of like, okay, he's fasting and he's praying. So he's not eating food. So physically he's weak, Mm -hmm. but that actually doesn't mean that he's spiritually weak. Physically, like the, the the idea of the discipline of fasting gives him a spiritual strength that does allow him to depend on God's word and not his stomach or to not be tempted by appetites. Yeah. And so I, I just was recently reading um Live No Lies by John Mark Comer, and he pointed that out of like fasting's a lost discipline. Mm-hmm. And I think that it's it's so true of just like I think there's a misunderstanding that fasting is going to make us weak, but it's actually what Jesus used to make him strong to fight that battle against Satan. And, um, and it, and it, and it changes like the way that we've always seen it is fasting. It changes the way you see, like, it, like my mom so beautifully explained it out. And she said, you know, fasting, some people back in the day were using fasting as also an opportunity to like diet. And she said, right. well, a diet will change the way you look. A fast will change the way you see. And I think that's the beautiful way to be able to see it is it's that understanding like Jesus, Jesus fasted. Like that's, that's amazing to me that he would spend his, his years, his time that he did his ministry fasting, like that he secluded himself for 40 days when he only was, you know, recorded miracle or recorded lineage of what he was doing for three years he spent 40 days of that in isolation mm-hmm. and i think that's so beautiful and powerful and it is it's a it's a lost thing that we um we kind of sometimes take for granted uh you know we my wife and i we always love to try to do a fasting and praying at the beginning of the year and then we also do it um sometime in august uh just to reset things and just honestly it's it's and- not um, a time period for us to go and get something from God thinking like, okay, if I fast then God's going to give me an answer from this, like if you're going into fasting, trying to get something from it, then it's coming in the wrong way. But I think if you go into fasting, just saying, I'm wanting to get closer to God because that's what it does. You get closer to God. He'll reveal those things to you. He'll reveal the, the things that are in um, his heart that he wants for you. But that's the goal of fasting. It's just getting closer to God and opens your eyes to the, the lies and the attacks, of the enemy and strengthens you. 
So good. Yeah. And uh, you mentioned your wife, Christian, and I just think of so many young leaders have mentioned to us that they have a dream. Maybe they're single right now or dating or they are married, but their dream is doing ministry together with their spouse. Um, And Mike and I, like we're in a season where we've been married five years. We now have two young daughters. And one of our favorite things is doing ministry side by side together. And um, I I just love for us or for the listener who has that dream or desire to minister alongside their spouse, what what would you give as encouragement or advice? Yeah. Um, Well, I would, I would really think I, I would challenge people to see ministry as so much beyond just occupation is I think sometimes you're like, when you're looking for that significant other, and let's say you are like, I want to do ministry alongside this person is maybe if you kind of condense it to only occupational ministry, then you, it it might be hard. (laughs) Like it just might be hard. Like I got, I got lucky. My wife had a heart for ministry and I'm in occupational ministry. But if you really look at your life as, as, Hey, look, ministry is not just occupation. It's, it's everything. I mean, C.S. Lewis wrote it in such a beautiful way that, that your life is intertwined that don't think just because you're working at church that your life doesn't, or you're working in a business that your life does not have as much significant, like that business part, that, that workplace, that is your ministry field. And seeing that it is really challenging yourself to find someone that is not going to be doing the, you know, similar occupations, but someone that's going to be spiritually um, challenging and running alongside with you. And I think that's something that is really, uh, you know, of course, uh, uh, in itself, a hard thing to do, but it's also something that we can pray for. Um, You know, I think, Anytime I've talked to people that said, you know, hey, I'm having a hard time. I don't know if my wife's ever going to come as I just continue to encourage them, pray into that position, like pray into the position of your spouse. Don't pray specifically for a a specific person, like maybe that person's my wife. So I'm going to specifically pray for them. Pray for the position so that whoever comes into that position steps into all of those prayers, steps into the authority that you have been praying for. Um, and you'll watch as it, 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 that when they step in, when they come into the right time, um, God will give you a plan. I always see that as the, the two halves meeting and becoming one is we we framed it out with is like it's a circle. And it's not like you have two circles and then there's some overlap within there. It's no, there is now just one circle. Mm-hmm. Um, and God is speaking to you both. And, and there's things that he reveals to you both and, and individually um, that are going to be in partnership and unison for what he wants your life to do. So it's really important that you're praying into that position and that you're you're believing that God's going to bring that, that, that person regardless of, of situations or things that have happened in the past. Yeah, I think that's so good. And to recognize for the listener, because there's a lot of discouragement when you're single or you're wanting to do ministry with somebody by your side or somebody that understands your heart. And I think just to fully surrender that dream, that passion, desire, allow God to tame it. The second thing I'd be um, encouraging people to do with what just Arden said is just make space for God's timing. I know how exhausting it is to enter a room. Is he the one? Is she the one? And you just think everybody could be the one, right? And it's like, Holy cow. Like, like Arden said, just start praying and asking that God will bring that person into the equation. And God could even change your heart. He can even change your direction. You know, you might think that you're going to work in a church till you, the day you die, 
Well, Josiah and I thought that we were going to work in a church too. Now we're running a, a nonprofit. Like God changed our heart. We did campus ministry in between, you know, that's the sandwich of the story so far. So he can change and evolve, you know, um, our hearts and our mindsets of what does ministry look like? What does occupational ministry look like? What does marketplace look like? What's a hybrid of both? And to, to do ministry alongside your spouse. I know we've talked to many people like I could never work with my spouse. So even just understanding understanding each other in an individual level, like he leads differently than I lead. His strengths are not my strengths, but we help complement each other. And I think even just praying into the process of, of your, of your ministry of what God wants to do is keep Christ at the center of it all, no matter what the center of your marriage, no matter what, because those, the story that you tell, you know, the testimony that you live is your walk with the Lord. That's the longest living testimony. Aside from your marriage, it's your personal walk with Jesus, which is the biggest testimony to be lived out. So a lot of things to encourage a listener with. And um, we know that you, you've written a new book. We're going to shift gears here a little bit uh, about transformed. I am transformed. And I think that's, I don't know the premise of the book fully, but just even the word of transformed has so much power of what I believe the next generation is asking, wanting, and trying to lean into, but there's nothing out there for them that could be a good model or a good, I don't know. Um, yes, exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So if you would be willing just to share with us, like why you wrote this, I am transformed. And what is your hope for the listener as they read those pages? Yeah. Well, Josiah, I think you said a great word there, which was compass is I think oftentimes we want a map when it comes to our, like our walk with God. And we want to know, okay, I'm clearly going to this direction um, or this place. And I know that when I get to the end of this destination, I'm going to look like this. Um, but the reality of it is it a daily step and a daily step of faith and, and asking that question of what if God didn't give you a map? What if he gave you a compass and a compass just knows like, you know, I'm going in the right direction. I'm taking steps in the right direction, but it, it might not look at all what I expected it to. Right. And I think that's what we wanted to see from this book is we we developed some I am statements. Um, they were they were things that we believed, you know, this encompassed what it meant to be a son or a daughter of God. And, and we challenged the generation to live underneath these I am statements of, of I'm going to step into this higher way of being. Um, and I want to call the people around me to do these. And, you know, these statements were things like I am holy. So I stand out from the crowd and it's understanding like you're not you don't stand out from the crowd and that makes you holy. Like it's no God's already called you holy. And because of that, you stand out from the crowd and, and uh, really declaring those over your life. And so we wanted to get really, really practical. And I think sometimes people are like, man, I'm so far away from God or I don't even know where to start. And, and they said, like, I've just got a lot of catching up to do that. They don't even begin anywhere. But what we wanted to do is we wanted to create a resource that would just take people one step closer, like one step closer. Let's take you closer to God every single day. Let's take you closer. I mean, it's that whole understanding of like, don't try to, you know, do a ton every single day, just like throughout a year, get 1% better every single day. And you'll look back at your year and you'll realize you're on 365% better than I was last year. And that's what we want to do with your relationship with God. And so through this book, what we did is we showed facets of God and we tried to reveal them through scripture um, because we wanted to show 
facets of God because we are his reflection. And as we reveal those facets of God, it reflects within our life and that we can see those things within us. I mean, I, I think there's a beautiful sentiment that I, I've kind of, God showed me a couple of years back as he said, look, I'm an infinite God. And he said, because I'm an infinite God, that means there is an infinite amount of expressions of me. I mean, it was what Isaiah saw is that Isaiah saw all the, 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 in the throne rooms, all the stadium, it's a billion people or a billion beings, I should say. They were just screaming, holy, 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 because what they were doing is they were seeing a new facet of God's glory revealed. And that's all that they could say. And that's why Isaiah says, woe is me. Like, I am unclean lips. And Isaiah has that realization where he looks at God and then he becomes woe understanding of all my faults. But then God asks, who shall I send? And Isaiah's response is send me. Like I, he, he understands I, I, I'm not, I'm not perfect. I, I don't have these things figured out. And he said, but I just saw revealed facets of God's glory. Send me to be a messenger and a voice piece to this generation to reveal those facets of God's glory. And so within every single son and daughter of God, when you come into the kingdom of light, there is a facet of God's revelation glory that has yet to be seen from anyone in history and will never be seen a facet of God that will never be seen by anyone in, in, in the future until we get to heaven, that this world is waiting to see revealed. And so it is, it, it is it not, not like it's our duty, but it's our, our, our joy to be able to understand a deeper revelation of God, because it's going to be reflected in us. And you'll watch as that's reflected in you, it will be reflected to those around you. And they'll say, wow, there is something different about you. There's something that I, I, I've never seen on anyone else before. That's, that's the revealed revelation of God that he's placed inside of you, a reveal facet of him. And you know, Addison, I love what you're sharing. And it, 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 I'm so sorry. I know who you are, but here's the thing. I'm so excited about this message, but what you were just saying that even ties back into the, like how you started the conversation was with revealed versus communicated knowledge. Yeah. And um, we have another podcast called FYI, where it's for young individuals. And every Friday, they just ask us one question. And one of the questions that literally has come in in the past week comes from a college student. And she said, like, I'm trying to understand how and learn in my knowledge of God's voice. Like, I'm trying to learn what does God's voice sound like? And so she asked, like, how can I know that I'm hearing from God Mm -hmm. And how do I hear God's voice? And so for the college student who maybe understands or has heard knowledge communicated, maybe from a pulpit or a podcast, how would you encourage them towards a revelation of who God is and that personal revelation from God? Yeah. So, so I, I see it as, I mean, we created this resource as, like I said, taking one step closer. And I think that's just what it, the whole goal of it is, you know, it's only going to last 40 days. And then the goal of it is that at the end of the 40 days, you're going to want to hunger for more. And so you're wanting to get more into God's presence. And I, I look at it like I'm actually reading my wife and um, our newborn son. I mean, you know, obviously he's not, he's just listening to the words and he isn't comprehending him. But at night um, we started reading The Alchemist, um, which is one of my favorite books when I was a kid. And it's a story about a shepherd. And there's a beautiful illustration of a, a shepherd that I don't know if you guys have ever seen it, but 
um, there is a video on YouTube where there is a shepherd who brings some, you know, strangers and he says, Hey, here's all the calls uh, that you can call to the sheep that I do. And he said, he had all the sheep out in the, the valley. He said, go ahead and call to them. And they start doing all the calls and not a single sheep response. And then the shepherd does the exact same call and instantly all of the sheep just respond. And why is that? It's because the Bible says my, my sheep know my voice. Like the shepherd spent, the shepherd spends so much time with those sheep that the voices and the commands of the shepherd are so easily distinguished between the voices of the world. And I think whenever you're asking yourself like, well, what, how do I, how do I know God's voice? I think the first thing has to come back to how much time am I spending with God? I mean, you look at the intimate, intimate friendships that you have. If you just met someone off the street and they give you a phone call, you probably don't know exactly who that was. Like you, like if you just answer it, but if your mom calls you and there's no caller ID, um, you know, back, going back in, but there's no caller ID and you answer the phone and she speaks, you're going to know her voice. Why? Yeah. Because you intimately know your mom. You've spent a lot of time with them. And I think that's the same thing with God's voice. And God speaks to us in so many different ways. And I think that's the beauty of getting to discover that. I mean, I've, I've had God speak to me, um, you know, through an audible voice. I've had him speak to me through the, the stirring of, in my spirit. Um, I've had him speak to me in, through dreams. Like there's, there's ways that God speaks to his kids, but yet there, that's where you have to be able to distinguish whose voice it is. Like, that's just, the, that's the thing. And that comes through spending time with them. That way you don't like, you know, have a, have a weird dream. And you're like, was that just the pizza that I had last night? Or was that actually God speaking? And, and like being able to distinguish and discern what the spirit says, the Bible also talks about um, where it says, uh, or it says that um, my, the word of the Lord is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. And the understanding of a shepherd is that a shepherd will always lead from in front when they're going through unfamiliar territory, but then it will lead from behind when they're going through new, or like common territory. And so that's why the Bible says, uh, you know, hear a voice from behind saying, don't turn to the right or the left, but this is the way walk in it is that the voice coming from behind is actually the voice of the shepherd. And the shepherd is communicating these things because Jesus already went before us into this unfamiliar territory. And he gave us a lamp unto our feet to be able to go through these things and be able to walk with the shepherd. And I think that that's the beautiful thing of getting the time with God, because it really does. It, it, it doesn't make things easier like, oh, hey, I've got a, uh, you know, tribulation won't come because I know the voice of God. No, it brings you closer to his heart, which allows just a transformation in your life so that right. the things that you go through, the things that you want to figure out, they just are different. It's the change in perspective um, that happens. So that's what I would just encourage is get time. And I know that's so simple. So many people are like, ah, like, yeah, I mean, what's the secret formula? And I'm, I'm sorry. Like, it's just getting time in the word, getting time in prayer and, and spending time with the shepherd so that you know the voice of the shepherd and you know how to distinguish that between the voice of the world and the voice of the shepherd. Oh, it's beautiful. And I, it reminds me of the old quote, and I don't know who originally said it, but you can't say that God is silent with your Bible shut. Mm -hmm. yeah. And he has spoken and learning to know his voice is those daily disciplines and just a relationship or a voice is a perfect example of talking mm -hmm. to a friend on the phone or, you know, you could even parallel it with like 
a voice memo today or a text message, like somebody's handwriting you, if you spend time with them, you, you know, their quirks, <laughs> you know, their accent, maybe if they're from a different part of the, the continent or country or the world. And so, yeah, spending time with God, mm-hmm. opening his word, you'll know his voice. Well, I think it's so encouraging because even for the listener who may be a pastor or you're in a leadership role and you're in a season, maybe you're in a dry season where you have not been spending time with God and you need to start working out those, you know, disciplines and those muscles. You know, if you want to go to the gym, me getting in the car, sitting in the parking lot and not going in is not going to get me the results that I want. And not only the young adults who are desiring uh, the word of God or the ability to hear his voice, we as leaders, and if we are called to be pastors and shepherds and God's putting sheep before us and we don't even know how to lead ourselves, then he's not going to give us the acreage. He's not going to give us the sheep. He's not going to give us the territory or the mantle until we get to a place of utter surrender and the ability to come to him in and through all things. And we all go through seasons. I get that and know that. Um, just being a new parent, you feel you feel pulled at in so many different ways. It's like everybody grabs a limb and runs, you know, and it's like, ah, who am I? Where am I going? And am I truly like walking with the Lord like I should? And Maybe you're single and you're like, I have all the time in the world. And you think that you don't, you do tell I'm telling you, you please do. listen. You do. <laughs> oh my gosh. You do. So I think that's such a great way to um, just encourage the listener today. Arden, and it challenges me. I, I can read scripture, but am I, am I memorizing? I've always had a problem memorizing. I can sing it in song and I can like go back to like my first grade years and five, six, seven, eight years old. But at 30, 35, 40, am I going to be able to not rehearse, you know, the fun little rhyme, but to quote a full, you know, chapter of scripture to know that not somewhere in the Bible, but I can say, Hey, Psalms talks about this. David is walking through X, Y, and Z. And I think if as the door closes to the time we have here on, on life or on earth and in life, um, when I get to heaven, will I truly know my maker? Yeah. And I guess that's I, one of my desires. I don't want to be surprised when I see Jesus, like for the first time, like, oh, this is who you are. It's like, oh, like I want to, this is who you are. Like yeah. just the reverence, you know, and I want to experience that here on earth. Um, and I look forward to it someday in heaven, but that's just something exciting to look forward to. So start working on your disciplines as a leader. That's speaking to me, even, even in a busy season, I want me to be busy and building God's kingdom, not Micah's, not our ministry, not our house. In light of all that, we want to be building God's kingdom, which is going to have eternal ramifications to the yeah. next extreme. And, so and you, you hit on something actually so beautifully there of talking about memorizing scripture is that the Bible actually frameworks is that we have like three, three brains essentially. And there's three ways that scripture is communicated into us. And it's like, number one is through our head. And that, that comes by just reading the word is you just get it into your head. And that's the renewing of the mind. But then there is memorization. And what does that do? That actually goes to our heart. And that memorization goes into our heart. But then there is the studying and like the dwelling on scripture, meditating on scripture. And that goes into our gut. And, and like, that's how it's been framed out. And like, sometimes people like wonder like, well, what does meditating look at like uh, on scripture? I mean, it simply just is like this. It's, it's, you know, Hey, look, I look at the scripture. I've got it open right now. And it says, well, you know, talking about King Josiah it says, while he was still young, he began to seek God of his father, David. And then it's like, okay, well, that's beautiful. Well, what does that mean? Seek, 
like and go into seeking what is the what is what was the original hebrew around that like what does that look like what does seeking look like into my life that gets it ingrained into that gut you know your gut feeling uh, where your response and your your reactions everything is completely different um, because it's reflected um, it's become second nature essentially. And so I, I thought you hit that beautifully of, of not just reading through scripture, memorizing it, getting it into you. Yeah. So it becomes second nature. N.T. Wright wrote a beautiful book called After You Believe, where he talked about that, of getting it just ingrained into your second nature, your second um, second being of, of just your response to situations is 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 um, basically swayed and, and con- not controlled, but like it, it's, perceived i'm using the wrong word but it's it's completely influenced by scripture by what the word of god says not by a world of darkness that's so good and i think the theme at least my observation from from talking to you arden is like the theme of our conversation today and the desire that we share for the listener is that they'd go deeper that they would go wider, that they would stay longer and and find new heights and new depths. And um, the the things that I'm drawn to right now in this season of my life are the things that have depth and substance. And and so for the person who's listening and wanting to go deeper, it is like memorizing is an amazing Mm -hmm. tool that we have access to God's word, to read, to memorize, to meditate, to study. And then Arden talked like just in normal conversation about C.S. Lewis, about N.T. Wright. So if you're looking to go deeper, mm-hmm. I think dr- drinking from some of those deep wells um, who've gone before us, and um, that would just be my encouragement. But we've come to the last part of our conversation where we just like to do rapid fire, five and five. Mm-hmm. It's five final thoughts or questions. We'll put five minutes on the clock. Ready. And uh, you up for that challenge? I'm ready. Let's do it. Okay. First question is, what is God teaching you lately? Yeah. Um, I mean, as I've been going through scripture, I'm going through Isaiah right now. And that's been a lot of like, whoa, <laughs> a lot of, uh, okay, this is amazing. And and I, I just think God, um, God has been challenging me this year. Uh, I've been doing a lot more of the Old Testament and he's been challenging me to look at what, what was the differences in the Kings as I went through of like, what, what, what stood out between them of who served God faithfully and who didn't. And, and what was the, the defining factors within there? Um, and, and it really just showed me like the, the idea of idolatry. And I know that's like a big word and can be a scary word for some people. Um, but idolatry simply just meant for them is that they put God first in their kingdom. And I was looking through this and, and just going through each, each um, and through Chronicles and Kings and going through each King and, and looking at it. And I was so amazed by what God was just revealing to me um, through all these different Kings and through the things that had happened. Um, I mean, even looking at Josiah, it is like, I, I looked at Josiah and saw how he just the beauty of the word of God. I don't know if you guys know this, but like the word of God was, was completely away and, and they mm-hmm. didn't have the word of God. And then they were cleaning out the temple and then they were, they find, oh, here's the law of Moses, oh. like the word of God. <laughs> and, and I love what Josiah's response was, is Josiah goes instantly into mourning because he realizes he's like, I, we've been without this. And he said, we've been doing things wrong. And he com- me, uh, instantly com- you know, shifts an entire nation 
Um, and so just seeing you know, the closeness of some kings and then what took kings away from the heart of God has been really kind of honestly telling to me. And I've gotten so much um, richness out of that, that that's been just kind of what I've been deep diving into. That's phenomenal. All right. Question number two. We already know your sports team, but here is a question we have. What is your number one hope for your son? We know he's only two months old. What would be your biggest hope for him? Yeah, I mean, I, I, my, of course, thing that I'm praying right now is that he's just going to be uh, a, a leader. And I think in all areas of his life that he's going to leave, lead spiritually, lead this family, um, lead his friends, lead in just every way. I, you know, I watched as being the youngest boy, I kind of had to step into uh, this understanding of leadership. And it was later in life because I was kind of used to being, you know, just, hey, I'm following along with my three brothers and that's all I've got. Um, but I've just been praying that over him because I know that as that that communicates and, and leading like I, I, hopefully people don't hear that and think, you know, well, I'm not a leader. Like, what does that look like? No, leading like you are a leader. You're the Bible says you're the head, not the tail, not the uh, head, not the tail. And, and you as a, a son or daughter of God, you are leading in so many ways that you don't understand. And so that you just grab hold of that. I want him to grab hold of that from a young age that he's secure in who he is secure in God, how God created him. Cause I mean, I just look at him and I love him so much. And I'm like, I wouldn't change anything about this boy. And I hope he never um, steps away from who God created him to be, because it's so beautiful to see it already played out, you know, as he's only two months old, I'm like, I can see it already. Amen. Amen. It's incredible. I'm reminded of the quote, my college president used to say, you're the CEO of your own dorm room. If you don't think you're a leader, you're you at least leading your dorm room. And I found it to be so true. And Arden, the curveball for you that keeps us on our toes is if you could ask Mike and I anything, one question, what would you want to ask us? Yeah, I mean, I would honestly love to hear from you guys. What's your hope for this generation? Like, what's your expectation for it? You want to go first? Yeah, my hope really stems from the word of God of you mentioned King Josiah, like, there was a transformation that happened when he, like he, he left awake for the generation that then went into exile, that people like Daniel, Shadrach, Meshach, Abednego, he created his obedience of the knowledge of God, created a wake that then was exposure to God's word. So how did Daniel and Shadrach, Meshach, Abednego, how did they stand even in exile when people were bowing before idols? they saw obedience modeled. And so I guess my prayer for the next generation is just that, that they'd see the goodness of God in the land of the living, that they'd know the purpose that God actually has a purpose for them to fulfill in their generation. And um, that they would just realize what an amazing opportunity. And so with that realization that they'd make the most of that opportunity. That's good. That's one of our dreams together. But I'll say one of my prayers is um, just purity. And I think with that, it goes, give me clean hands and a pure heart. Um, and I think just the cl cleansiness and the purity of heart for when we lead, from when we follow the Lord, how we choose to make decisions, how we process those decisions as leaders that impact and influence the next generation. I pray that the influencers and the leaders to come would truly be at reverence of God's feet and every knee will bow and every tongue will confess that Jesus Christ is Lord. I get that, but I'm like, I want to see parts of that on this side of eternity, not 
not only in that big moment, but I'm just like, if we could take people to the heart of Christ and see them at the foot of the cross, fully surrendering and leading in yeah. the marketplace, leading yeah. across the world, leading undercover, leading in their homes, leading like a fatherless generation would now have mothers and daughters and sons and fathers who are living under a house, under unity, in peace, through the pure hands and pure motives of the people who are leading and creating and um, guiding. And I think that just, we have a extremely um, heavy opportunity to speak into how that looks and how that unfolds, even in a dark world um, that the light and that the love of Jesus Christ could shine brighter than anything that the world has to offer. So I guess that's one of my biggest prayers for the next generation, the generations to come and anybody who doesn't know Christ. I mean, that's just the, the heart of, what we do and why we do it. And one of our biggest prayers, and hopefully we're going to see aspects of that in our lifetime. And we are, but yeah. on a greater scale, <laughs> great question. All right. Question number four, before we run out of time, um, let's say you could travel to one place that you and your family have never gone to Arden. Where would you want to go? If you had the opportunity to do that tomorrow? Yeah, it's not even close. Iceland is my go-to destination, which sounds very weird. My wife would pick any place that is warm, but I pick Iceland. I think it is so beautiful and it is the, it's the one place if you, anywhere in the world. If I only went to Iceland for the rest of my life, like I would be happy if that was the only place I traveled for the rest of my life. It just, I think it's so beautiful. I think it's undiscovered tapped nature and that, that gets me excited. So I know a lot of people like the beach, but Iceland is my go-to. I love it. Let's go. It's beautiful. Yes. And the final note we'd love for you to take us to is maybe one piece of advice or encouragement for a young leader who's listening today. Yeah, I would just say that you just continue to keep stepping closer to God. Um, I think oftentimes right now, there's a lot of burdens that are being placed on people. And a lot of people are feeling like they're more and more isolated. Um, and in a time period when you're feeling like you're isolated and just that you feel like you're under attack constantly, like allow God to be your refuge and, and continue just to get into the word, continue to take steps closer to him and understand that you're doing good. Like if, even if you are, are, are feeling like you're a failure in areas or things like that, understand that that God is so close to you in those areas and that he wants to allow you to, to um, continue to grow and that do not look at yourself and think, oh man, I am a complete failure. Um, I know if my parents, I actually, there was areas in my life where I'm like, I am so far behind. And then my parents were like, actually, we were way worse than you in this area, way like went to our ministry, uh, you know, career. And I was like, oh, Okay. And so I had put a lot of unnecessary pressure onto myself. And of course we want to strive to do good, but just don't, don't, I don't know. Don't allow yourself to, to strive so much that you see yourself become a failure. Allow yourself just to grow beautifully and naturally with God and allow things to come from that. That's awesome. Man, what a good note to leave us with. And uh, we're talking to Arden Bevere, Sons and Daughters, mm -hmm. and he has a brand new resource. We hope you'll pick it up. It is I Am Transformed. Mm -hmm. And that's our hope and prayer for you today. So leave encouraged and go in blessing today.
I'm all wired up right now. Thanks for listening to today's conversation on the Young Adults Today podcast. If you enjoyed today's episode, go ahead and subscribe, rate, and review this podcast.